Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville, man. Peace to the city. Peace to the planet. We are back again, guys. So excited to be with you guys this Monday morning. The Body Mass Index of Injustice. Then and now, with our special guest, me and my pops. Little light switch up that we're doing this Monday morning for you guys, Nashville. My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Juba. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr. And I go by Hell Dog. And yeah, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We just felt the need to, uh, we felt led by the spirit to uh, move into a different direction. We thank you for your continued listenership. Right. We thank you for your support on all of the episodes we've done and all the seasons that we've done. We definitely thank you for listening to the black businesses because right. we felt like that black businesses needed to be talked about. The brothers that are trying to uh, uh, hold these businesses down and keep them afloat, man. They needed to be able to vent a little bit. So we had some good sessions on uh, the black businesses, but now I think right. we you know, according to what we've been led to do, us we came together as a team, and and uh, our team felt like that uh, we want to move in a different direction. So we're going to switch it up a little bit, and we're going to talk about this thing called injustice then and still happening now. Yeah. So our, our title for today's episode is the Body Mass Index of Injustice Then and Now, with again the special guest being myself, Jonathan Davis, and my dad, Leon Davis Jr. Nashville as the, the reason behind why we're doing this switch up um, simply is because, again, we realized that the black business season had its great flourishes and great uh, um, time on our platform. And we were glad to have, man, I'm trying to think of everybody. We had Joshua um, Taylor, who came with his uh, photography and film business. We had Otis with his uh, business being O Buttons. We had uh, my guy, man, Edward Howard. Um, and official wings and we also had Corey Alexander with all people coffee then we just finished up with my guy Steven Benson and shoe CPR to all five of those black brothers that came on our show invented for our black business season both in March and then the part two that we did a little bit for this month we want to thank you guys and what we're doing Nashville is we're making this switch um, within our March season so our next two episodes will be exclusive episodes yeah. And Pops, I'll let you kind of chime in on kind of how we're going to guide that through. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, again, we're going to do this one. Then we got two new, uh, two exclusive episodes. We don't want to spill the beans right now because everything's down pat, but we really don't want to bring it out until we get the finished product. Out. Right. So just look for something different on these following uh, two Mondays. And then when we get into April, we got a whole new season, man. I think it's going to be something that black men really will want to hear and not on the black men but whomever our audience listeners are black men black women white men white women whatever right. the case may be whomever is listening to our podcast on a regular basis april is going to be a new season with new content and uh i think you're going to like it. yeah we've noticed that you guys you guys like how we how we switch up each month with, with new topics and stuff uh me and my dad have paid attention just to our listenership and stuff like that so once we get through this month of march we do have two exclusive episodes for the last two mondays of this month and guys you are going to want to pay attention to those episodes because there are some episodes with some pretty big names if you will so um if god's will sees it through that we get to those points make sure that y'all pay attention for the last two episodes but to stick on today's episode we will be highlighting the uh, Tulsa Massacre, Nashville, the 1921 Tulsa Massacre. And we kind of wanted to shed some light on that. And we thought it would be a good way to wrap up our black business season in its entirety with the five black brothers that we had. Because the Tulsa Massacre essentially talked about how black people prevailed in black business in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, you, you're talking about black people in a, in a time where we were not expected to have the successes that we were having with black businesses, but the black businesses in this time and, and era were successful business. And then we're going to move from that, that point then that's going to be the then. And then we're going to come to the now where we see how brothers are still treated harshly. Yeah. No matter yeah. what your social status is, the other cultures and other, uh, 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 um, uh, um, races yeah. want to yeah. come at us sideways because we're having success right so we just right. want to pull a shine a little light on that today 
Yeah, just pay attention, Nashville, to how we tie everything together. But what Pops mentioned in the now portion of today's titled episode, Black Panther uh, director Ryan Coogler, I know if you guys paid attention to the uh, recent news and whatnot, was arrested in Atlanta, basically for going to the bank and withdrawing money out of his own account. How we're going to tie that into the then of the title of our episode is bringing up the Tulsa massacre and how that ties into today, how black businesses have been shut down today by gentrification and other things that we just really, really don't realize and notice in, in our city of Nashville. So guys, all of that mumbo jumbo to say, we're excited to have you guys with us. If you're listening and you you press play, we just want to thank you guys again for listening in. And again, the body mass index of injustice then and now with myself and my dad, this is going to be a great episode, guys, and I'm glad you're tuning in. Pops. One more thing. Not only thank you for that, but thank you for the merch purchase. Yeah, the yeah, merch yeah. Purchase, man. Yeah. The merch is out, man. We're going to have some pictures on our uh, yeah. on our uh, sites today, man. The right. Instagram and the Facebook, Facebook yeah. and the other, other sites that we have as far as our social mediums are concerned. Right. But, man, check, them out. check the merch out, man. It looks good. It looks nice. And most of all, again, we're not trying to be a, a clothing uh, apparel program or, or venue right. or whatever. We're just trying to be have walking billboards to help us promote this program and help get our message out. Right. Nashville, again, Black Men Venture, we are not a clothing brand, but we do have our merch out. It is it is being delivered if it has not already been delivered to those that purchase. Um, so we just want to thank you guys again for supporting us and being those walking billboards of the city. To wrap up everything, Nashville, the body mass index of injustice, then with the Tulsa Massacre, and now with Black Panther director Ryan Coogler. You are listening to the Black Men Vent 2 podcast. Good morning. And just like that, Nashville, just like that, man, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys again. Um, hey, man, we're here. Myself and my dad, Black Men Vent 2, presents to you guys an episode being the Body Mass Index of Injustice, then and now, with your special guest being your host for Black Men Vent 2. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today? This is me and my pops venting about the then massacre, being the Tulsa Massacre of 1921. And the now being talking about the incident uh, that occurred with Black Panther director Ryan Coogler being arrested in Atlanta while withdrawing money from his bank account. So Nashville, just pay attention with us and rock with us. We're going to go ahead and get started. Let's talk about the Tulsa massacre of 1921. And I just want to just kind of shed some light on pretty much why people were moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma in the early 1900s. And Based off of the research and things that we've read in Nashville, Tulsa, Oklahoma was a booming city at the time that presented a lot of opportunities for not only black, but white, um, the white race as well. So naturally, black and whites all moved to this area pretty much how they've done Nashville, right? You know, we look left and look right, Pops, man, and we're seeing all these people that have moved into Nashville coming from Memphis and and, and Detroit and Chicago, so many areas, you know. Nashville has truly become, uh, not gentrified, but has become diverse over the past couple of years. And that's pretty much what the look of things were for Tulsa, Oklahoma in the early 1900s. Black people, right, Nashville, black people looked and sought Tulsa, Oklahoma as an opportunity to thrive during segregation. And the area that we pretty much camped out at in Tulsa, Oklahoma was known as Greenwood. Mm-hmm. It was um, in the northeastern part of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was known as Greenwood. And we pretty much had anywhere from, it's estimated via the research of 35 to 40 square blocks of just black stuff. Just black stuff, Nashville. Just yeah. imagine being somewhere like Jefferson Street, for example, that, that exemplifies the black history of Nashville. That's pretty much what Tulsa, Oklahoma presented. And man, we're just excited that we're able to talk about it this morning. Greenwood pretty much had a hosting of churches, business districts. It hosted a bunch of surgeons, black doctors, black photography studios. And again, just everything that just exuded and just exemplified 
black achievement in Asheville. Check this out. You have all sorts of businesses in Greenwood. You have everything from funeral parlors to theaters, hotel. There's a public library, a black library. There are chili houses, cafes, restaurants. There's just everything there. There were a dozen surgeons and doctors. There were several lawyers. There was a black-owned photography studio. There are black working people. They're not working necessarily in oil, but they're working in all sorts of businesses that are supporting the oil boom. Greenwood was a community of necessity. It was a segregated enclave. Uh, black folks couldn't apply their trades or purchase goods and services in the larger white community, so they created their own economy. That economy became successful because black folks did business with one another and kept dollars largely in the black community. What happens in Greenwood is that segregation, which is not necessarily desired, segregation actually enables black businesses to thrive, black professionals to thrive. It was a district where, in fact, money, dollars, could turn over five or six times. In Greenwood, you could, um, as a black person, uh, you could advance. Um, and you had a number of individuals in the community that were prospering. As you can see, Nashville, Greenwood was just a place to be if you were black in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And as you can see, they had so many different opportunities where black people thrive. Here's another fun fact that we also found out through our research. O.W. Gurley was known as the founding father of Greenwood in 1906. He was the first black to open a business there and basically was the pioneer that seen the vision for African-Americans to be wealthy in Greenwood and in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nashville, again, we just want to give you guys what we have titled it as being the body mass index of injustice then and now with myself and my pops as the special guest. Pops is going to get into a little bit more of what the Tulsa massacre is, and we want to also get into how it all began. Nashville, have you heard a black man been today? Pops? Now, Nashville, this was the Tulsa massacre race ride, and this is when it happened, and this is the content of it. It took place on the weekend of May the 31st through June the 1st of 1921, when mobs of white residents, some of whom had been deputized and given weapons by city officials, attacked black residents and destroyed homes and businesses of the Greenwood District in Tulsa. Alternatively, this was known also as the Black Wall Street Massacre. This event is considered one of the single worst incidents of racial violence in American history. The attackers burned and destroyed more than 35 to 45 blocks of the neighborhood. At the time, one of the wealthiest black communities in the United States known as Black Wall Street. In other words, they came in and literally destroyed this black mega. And man, I'm telling you, it just, it's depressing to even hear about it. Yeah. But the target was all about these white looters came in and their target were black residents, their homes, their businesses, their churches, their schools, their municipal buildings, and whatever else was tied to black. And let's look at this now. Let's see how this thing all started out. It was a mecca. It was a huge success. But Black Wall Street was also an anomaly. It thrived at a time when the KKK was incredibly active in Oklahoma, and the nation had just been through the Red Summer of 1919 when white mobs murdered black people in dozens of incidents across the U.S. There needed to be a sort of match or an igniter tossed on these embers. And that event was, that trigger event, was an incident that involved two teenagers, Dick Rowland, 19-year-old 
black boy who shines shoes downtown. Sarah Page, 17-year-old white girl, ran an elevator in a downtown building called the Drexel Building. He went to the building, boarded the elevator. Something happened. Sarah Page began to scream. They both ran out of the elevator. Now, we don't know exactly what happened in this elevator. But a day later, Roland was arrested and taken to the courthouse. The local newspaper ran an article claiming Roland had assaulted Page. Even though Page refused to press charges, the article was essentially a call to action for whites. A large white mob began to gather on the lawn of the courthouse. Dick Rowland was in jail on the top floor. A number of black men, several dozen, marched down to the courthouse to protect him, some of them armed. There was a struggle between one of the black men in the small group and one of the white men in the larger group, and things sort of went south from, from that point. Hundreds of white people descended upon Black Wall Street armed. Black residents withdrew behind the railroad tracks that marked off the Greenwood District. Some of them were armed and fought back, but they were outnumbered by the white mob, which shot their way through. The white mob murdered, they looted, and they set fire to Black Wall Street. So now, Nashville, that's the story pretty much in a short, you know, compiled way of what happened to Black Wall Street. Right, right. Here we go. We got black people that ain't bothering nobody. Yep. They've made their way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, yep. to try to have what is so-called the American dream. Right. They taking their families, their kids, and all this out there trying to just have a life, trying to make a life. Mm -hmm. Same thing we looking at in Nashville right now. People coming here trying to make a life. Same thing black people do all over the nation, all over the world, trying to go places where they can make a life. And here they are trying to live and have a life. And then because of the way the other cultures don't want to help us have the American dream, yeah. they started depending on one another. They started buying from one another. They started leaning and depending on one another. And next thing you knew, they got black schools. They yeah. got black businesses. Mm -hmm. They got all kind of things to help them have the wealth that they needed to just survive. But instead of surviving, they started thriving. Yeah. So then when they started thriving, here comes the other culture to take them out the box. And right. they always got to find a way to spark, you know, some kind of way to stir it up. Mm -hmm. And they stir it up the same way almost every time. They bring some kind of way, they get some some white woman, some white girl that say some black man or some black boy did yeah. something to them. Yeah. And then next thing you know, then it gets their men riled up. And then next thing you know, they on a rampage anyway because they already geared up with this, uh, you know, this redneck mentality. I'm just going to go for what it is. Right. They already geared up. And then when they get geared up, then here they come. But what happened to him also, when you listen to that snippet, the brothers didn't back down. They right. stood their ground, man. Right. But for some kind of way, and it's always like this, they had us outnumbered. Mm -hmm. And they took them brothers and sisters out, man. And now we're talking about how can we move from that trauma if that's always in our, in our DNA, man. Yeah. It's always there. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and not only this situation, but yeah. there's other situations in here. Look at the Emmett yeah. Till thing. Yeah, Emmett yeah. Till, same situation. Some mm -hmm. white girl said he some he did this, that, and third. Didn't do it. Because you see what they said in this Tulsa thing. Yeah. Accused. Yeah. But then she yeah. said, I'm not going to press charges. Yeah, they that's what kill. I, yeah. They yeah. didn't yeah. They yeah. wanted to kill some Negroes, man. That's yeah. That's what that was all about. It's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's so many. I'm sitting here, man, just itching to talk because it's, it's a lot of different ways, Nashville, that the Tulsa massacre ties into what's been going on in in america i mean let's just let's just put things into perspective mm -hmm. so we know uh we had a black man dick Rowland. okay he was um in the drexel building and he was a shoe shiner just you just gotta think nashville a black man just going to work doing his own thing uh just trying to make his means his ends meet in life uh, sarah page the white lady okay she gets on the elevator they get on the elevator together all somebody heard was a loud scream 
that immediately during the segregated times once you see a white woman come off of an elevator screaming and a black man coming right behind her the assumption come on man the assumption on, is, is man. something's wrong mm-hmm. something happened and po- as pop said and as it was mentioned in the excerpt the girl didn't even press charges the girl did not she even didn't, press charges she didn't even press charges man so and we don't that, know what happened on the elevator we really don't we, don't we know really if don't he grabbed her or she grabbed him or he stepped on her foot or she exactly grabbed, we don't know what happened and what's and the thing to just tie that into today Look at the 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 uh back when looting and all that stuff was 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 wild. You know, black folks looting these stores and 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 and, and breaking into white folks' stores and stuff like that. And then we talk about how our race has stood against this police brutality, mm-hmm. stood against uh police injustice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Look at where it all began. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I hate to be that one, but you know, look at where it all began. It's almost like a uh, um, well, they did it to us way back then, and it's sad to say, but we just tired of it now, and 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 we we're giving the other race, the other culture, basically a dose of what they gave us even during that time in Tulsa, man. And you know, it's sad to kind of to kind of say that even a hundred years later, we're still kind of dealing with this exact same stuff. Um, Booker T. Washington, uh, Nashville, was the one who labeled Greenwood as the Black Wall Street of america and of course as you heard during the snippet it was during the time of the kkk and and during the time of segregation so naturally if black people found a a happiness mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. even during segregation yeah. that was taken away from us yeah and it's like at this point now in in the in the, the what is it 21st century or whatever we in now we tired of being tired of stuff getting taken from us yeah when man. all we do is just go out work do what we got to do and go home and, and you know we are here trying to make it man and, I, yeah. and i'm just thinking and i want to hear your perspective from a, a, a younger man but yeah. from an older brother man it just frustrating to me man and it almost to the point when we was doing this research man just going back over it it makes you angry man yeah knowing that i, I, I i'm at work right now with this, this other culture man and i got to think about this stuff man they tell you oh don't worry about it don't think about that <laughs> yeah. racism i don't even think about it well you know why you don't think about it because it, it ain't happening to you it ain't you, yeah. you ain't thinking about it yeah but when it's yeah. happening to you on every end that you look yeah at, and then you wonder why these brothers is out here going off and it's sad to say they got us to the point where we going off on each other right because we right. so frustrated about how we've been oppressed by the other culture. Yeah, this then is we yeah, come yeah, and go yeah. into our neighborhoods with all this depression and anger and all this and we stuff. Take it out and on then we other. go home, we come into our neighborhoods and we taking yeah. it out on our own people, man. Yeah. But we gotta find a way, brothers, to flip the script, man, and start doing like these brothers and sisters did back then. Yeah. And start back teaching our kids like uh Dr. Boyce always said, and 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 educating our kids, man, and creating businesses again. And, and hiring our own people, man. No disrespect to these other folks, but we got to hire our people, man. Yeah. God bless, yeah. God bless me to get something like that, get some money where I can hire some brothers. Believe me, brother, put your application in. Oh yeah, yeah. Black men event too. We looking for media partners and, and advertising partners. Yeah. So, so we yeah yeah definitely on that. But yeah, I just wanted to elaborate, man. How how media can truly attack the minds of people in certain instances okay let's talk about the media back then we had the Tulsa Star which was the first Nashville the first black newspaper um don't quote me I believe in America to be honest Um, the first black newspaper uh for Tulsa I do know that much it was called the Tulsa Star and in this newspaper naturally black people were picking it up uh because the newspaper led to different storylines about achievement in 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 uh greenwood achievement in um you know the black wall street area so naturally black people were happy to read these type of news stories and and and, and let's let's be honest nashville what do we see each and every time we get on our news pages and news channels the first headline is how a black person done killed another black person you know so naturally even the media was affected back in the 1900s because white people started to gather the Tulsa Star newspaper and they were seeing some of the achievements and naturally jealousy came with that mind you we were still in a segregated time the KKK was prevailing and and white people just did not want 
the blacks to get any crumb of the cookie. And that's pretty much how it spread around Tulsa because it was just within Greenwood. But the news of achievements from Greenwood and the black industries, the black business districts, that news spread all the way out in Tulsa to where, again, white people and white supremacy was affected and they sought out to again kill and, and just basically ruin everything that we had tying that into today nashville because again this is the body mass index of injustice then and now today nashville if you look on social media every time you look on the news every time you look in some shape form or fashion mm-hmm. black men always are headlines for something negative something negative always something negative man and we got to kill this stigma man you know that's the way we got to find positive way to express ourselves man we can't we can't continue to give them uh my pastor preached this one time and one of his illustrations were they already got a picture of us yeah why we why do we continue to give them the paint to paint the picture yeah that's true stop doing that man that's true And, and again we once we start get back to the mindset of depending and working with each other, we got to stop. I hear you say it all the time, and I know you heard it somewhere. We got yeah. to stop having that crab in the barrel mentality yeah. and start climbing up these walls together. Yeah. We all climb out together. Because even even in the insert that we that we played off, um, one of the the one of the ladies said that that what kept Black Wall Street thriving was that blacks bought from other blacks. Yes. They they yes. they hired blacks into their black businesses they 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 basically invested into the culture and i think we stray away from that in today's time because black people we chase the dollar man we we, we get to a point where you know uh, uh we drive away business just based off of our attitudes you know how many times you done been to mcdonald's and got you a frappe and they say anything else and they just keep saying anything else. They're like, darn, well, I, I well, well, find a find a better way to say. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, we just right. the, the attitudes. I feel like back back then during uh, 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 the Greenwood and the Tulsa Massacre area, even when we prevailed, we were happy. I, I can imagine just me being me sitting right here at this table. I can imagine how you know uh, back in the 1900s, maybe black people would be happy to see other black people and help them uh, give them a haircut or. The black doctors give them advice on medical stuff, or the the uh, uh, the black churches how they probably warmly welcome people into the church back then because everything about Greenwood was black. Yeah, man. Yeah, and man. it was just something that was just just so amazing to not see because I wasn't born there, but just to hear about. And we could get back to that time if man, we just support each other. It, it, it's easy. <laughs> it's pretty much just that simple, pop. Yeah, man. And you know, and think about it, like you said our people were happy man and this is the thing about it if they would give us a shot at it man we wouldn't even have to have this type of mindset so what we got to take it yeah that's the, the other thing. culture yeah, would yeah. stop trying to oppress us yeah every time we try to come up man yeah and we would have yeah. this mindset because even after this massacre and if you do some more research you'll see that they tried to rebuild uh, Black Wall Street tried to rebuild the Tulsa experience, or, or you know, the positive side. Yeah. And what happened was, black people didn't have no money, yeah. so they needed to borrow money. Right. But guess what? Who gonna lend a black person some money with then no collateral? Exactly. Then the then the lean on to say, yeah, if I don't get my money, where well, I'm gonna get my money from? Yeah. So black yeah. people couldn't get no yeah. money, and the few people that still were able to survive and and and, and rebuild their stuff with well, what they start doing in is basically what's happening now. Other people came in and started buying the property and doing their thing. The yeah. other culture started yeah. coming in and buying the property. So right. then here we go now. When you go to Tulsa now, it's just a small part of what used to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they got ways, man. They not doing it like that now with the violence. Yeah. But they still doing it. And, and, let's, and let's talk about how they're still essentially doing it, right? Uh, Nashville, man, I, I, I highlight Jefferson Street. Um Shout out to uh, Edward Howard, man, and Official Wings. They located on Jefferson Street. Shout out to Otis and uh, the Flash Me Experience because they located on Jefferson Street. Said I let to say, even in our black business segment, um, or season rather, and that's how we wanted to tie all this together with today's episode, Jefferson Street is one of Nashville's black Wall Streets. In my opinion, you got Fisk University, you got TSU, you got churches, you got businesses, you got uh let's let's tie this in nashville follow me here we, we got so many different 
things that that just on Jefferson Street alone. That's not one of the only black uh, uh, streets, you know, in Nashville, but that's one of the major ones. Tying that in, um, man, one of my favorite restaurants that was on Jefferson Street um, that closed down a couple of years ago was Knockout Wings. Now, I don't know exactly. I'm not here to quote why they were closed down or whatnot, but I'm pretty sure based off of just how gentrification is in Nashville, where that area of Knockout Wings is at, they're going to try to put some condos right there. They're going to try to put uh, some white. I'm going to just call it what it is. I don't want to say the other cultures because we black men been too, and we're going to be real. So with that being said, the white cultures, they may try to gentrify that to where it brings more of the white uh, uh, culture in. Exactly. Just bring them into what was originally black. You know, and and, and I think we got to realize how that ties into that Tulsa massacre because um, it wasn't until Sarah Page screamed in the elevator and it was heard via the white newspapers of the alleged raping and molesting of Sarah Page, allegedly, that started essentially the Tulsa massacre that we know of today and that we just we we've mentioned today how many times do we see that pops you know to where even now there's been false stories of uh black males mistreating uh just women whether black women or white women and then we have these policemen that come in and just take it into their own hands yeah man how many brothers right now are sitting in jail for, for, oh yeah for, yeah for a false charge yeah something that he did yeah. to some white lady yeah or some yeah person, you know and just look at how that damages right yeah now, man yeah and even when you look at things yeah. like this and we're gonna move on because we want to get right. to, the, to, to, to the now but let me say this even how the laws are constructed man they trying to change them yeah but you know even back several years back when cocaine first hit the scene mm-hmm. you would get more time for crack than you would powder well yeah. who was smoking crack the black yeah but yeah, who yeah, was yeah. doing the powder the whites yeah come on man let's call it what it is you know what i'm saying yeah. uh, uh so you know but we trying to get away from this stuff man right they won't right. let us right they won't let us man you right know what I'm saying? at the end of the day nashville man we did just want to shine some light on the tulsa massacre and just help you guys to realize how it affects the now i mean when you talk about social media those newspapers that i was mentioning that was the social media back in the 1900s mm-hmm. when white people seen the Tulsa Star, the black newspaper, and seen those achievements. They snapped, they, 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 they gave that uh <laughs> well, what do we do when we when we hear something that that, that, that we that just make us feel funny? We go, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hit make yeah. that make that mm. cut, cut, cut. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what the white folks were doing then, <laughs> so man. Negroes down there is doing good. They doing good. <laughs> yeah. And again, Nashville, we just um again, we are an opinionated based podcast. It's just we our go, opinion. This is just our opinion. Yeah. This is yeah. not to uh be racially insensitive. Um, I think our audience knows that, but we just wanted to shine some light again on black businesses and end our black business part one and part two Mm -hmm. in that with the Tulsa massacre and how it's affected us even today. And um, Nashville, that was the then. And right after our sponsorship segment break, we'll get into the now with Black Panther director Ryan Coogler and how he was even dealing with his own form of racial uh, uh, insens- insensitivities, for lack of words. Injustice. Injustice, yeah, I call it for what it is. When he went to Bank of America and tried to uh, withdraw some money out of his own account. Nashville, let's look into that right after this sponsorship segment break. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? And just like that, Nashville, man, just like that, we're back. We're back. We hope you guys are enjoying this little twist that we put in our month of March uh, for you guys. Black Man Ventu presenting again the Body Mass Index of Injustice then and now with your special guests, my pops and myself. Thank you for, uh, again, tuning into that segment break. And, uh, man, let's get right into the now of our episode for today. Nashville, check this out. Ryan Coogler, Black Panther director immediately gets accused for robbing a bank and being racially profiled by his own people.
Atlanta police have released body cam video of some of its officers falsely detaining Black Panther director Ryan Coogler. Coogler, who co-wrote and directed the blockbuster film, is in Atlanta filming the Black Panther sequel. He went to a Bank of America branch to withdraw a large sum of money. The teller called the police. What's going on, Kim? Um, it just says I want to Police video shows the officers responding. Hey, sir. Both officers have their guns drawn. Kugler immediately complies. He is handcuffed and led outside of the bank to a squad car. The writer-director explained, for his safety, he was trying not to call attention to himself in the bank by asking the teller to be discreet. I don't write down on a note how much I want out. And then I don't want it ran through the money counter right there at the desk. The whole bank is up looking at me. Authorities confirmed Kugler's identity and that he was not committing a crime. They released him and his two companions who are waiting outside from handcuffs. They had, they had their glocks out. Yeah. So I was putting money on my own account. I understand. I, I, put the, I put my own bank card in there before they let you in the back. You know what I'm saying? So, so and, and, and we, we have to confirm that. You got to understand. We can't, we don't come out because of the seriousness of the call. We don't just come out. And unfortunately, in a situation like that, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Bank of America said in a statement, we deeply regret that this incident occurred. It never should have happened. And we have apologized to Mr. Kugler. She just felt that, that she was just disturbed or something. And, and, and pretty much police came, detained and, and arrested him. And one thing that I just want to, uh, Pops, I want to really, really kind of push is what if Ryan did not comply with those Atlanta police officers? We've seen it, man. We've seen it, man. Um, I, I can name a many, a many of black men that have failed on the hands of police brutality. But what if he didn't comply? Yeah, man. And it, it, it's already, like you said, we've seen this movie several times man so many times that we tired of seeing it man yep. if he had not complied he probably wouldn't get chance to finish the black man black black panther scene. yeah right you know what i'm saying right so what we got to learn brothers man as much as we are in the right sometimes yep. you got to comply to the situation man because as we saw yep. in tulsa when they got you out number dude they, they can say yeah. and do anything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They can make up some stuff, man. Yep. And I'm not saying all police, but I'm saying some. Some situations, they can make up some stuff, man. Right, right. And again, Nashville, man, we this is all opinion-based, man. So when me and Pops kind of spilling, spilling our knowledge behind it, this is just how we feel. Mm -hmm. So we thank y'all for listening to how we feel. And, and, and like Pops said, man, when you're outnumbered by, by, by the other race, how they were outnumbered in Tulsa, it just it just it just presents itself differently black black people have been afraid all our lives i feel like so naturally ryan when he was at bank of america and you got policemen as he said in the video with glocks and with choppers and things of this nature yeah, when this man is just going just doing a natural withdrawal like an everyday you know person yeah. and then let's talk about this girl who who are you? <laughs> Let's talk uh, uh, wherever she may be at. I, I anywho, that's besides the point. Let's talk about this girl that 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 was black. Um, oh, Nashville, if you've seen the video uh, and seen her talking about it, she was a black girl. Worked at Bank of America. How do you racially profile your own people? And you know, the, the part how you of, doing that? Uh, and the part that tripped me out. <laughs> Okay, he came in with a hoodie, this, that, and the third. So, like you said, she automatically assumed just because of the attire, attire that yeah. had on yeah. that he didn't have that type of income. Exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Why, why, why a brother can't come in and get yeah. twelve thousand dollars just because yeah. of what he got on? Because the stigma I mean, of Atlanta, you, 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 if you, 
you may not know that a black person is wealthy unless they got the chains or the yeah, big earrings yeah. or the big cars. Mm-hmm. My dude walked in there with a skull cap on, <laughs> a hoodie, and some sweats. Yeah. And was like, let me get 10000 Yeah, yeah, 10 or 12, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of my money. Of my money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but be racially profiled by my people. Yeah. Man, if I, <laughs> me and Pops talked about it off the air. But if I was the bank teller, you know, and I'm I'm withdrawing this amount of money, I, I'm trying to put myself in her shoes, Pops, right? Like, I'm trying to think, okay, the guy slipped you a note and said, you know, give me 12000 or whatever, but be discreet. He gave you the debit card. He gave you his license. He's from California. He gave you that. So as the, the, the employee, you got what you need to make the withdrawal. Yeah. So at this point, it was just a matter of you just not believing that a black man had that amount of wealth on him, which is exactly what the white people pushed against us when we had that same amount of wealth in Greenwood during the Tulsa massacre. Nashville, look at how that ties into each other even today. And, and look at how that mentality has flipped, though. Yeah. Because those black people in Tulsa were working together and worked with one another. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure back in Tulsa, if a brother came to the bank back in those days and said, let me get $200 out of my account, right. it wouldn't have been no big deal. Well, he would have went to his own bank. The, black, the black bank. Good, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. So that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, that, you yeah. know what? That's, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> but even with that being said, though, Black people would have been working at that black bank. Exactly. So a black teller would have said, "Now nah, you ain't got no two hundred dollars exactly. up in here." Exactly. I'm saying two hundred dollars because that probably we equated back to the back then, back then, right? You know what I'm saying? So she's been saying she wouldn't have been saying what this chick said. Man. Exactly. And, I'm, and that's exactly. sad because you don't know this girl's background. Right, so, right, right. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bash her. Yeah, we're gonna bash her. Yeah. We don't know yeah. her background. Maybe she's been robbed before. Whatever the, you know, case may have been. But I think, like my son just said, man, she had everything she needed, though. Everything she was there. She could have ran the car. Yeah. <laughs> run, I'm talking about running the, yeah. the car or something. Yeah. Man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Besides doing a call to the police, man, but I still think about what you said earlier. What if? And thank God he 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 knows, you know, they taught us this, man, when black people first start getting killed for not having your hands where they need to be in the car. Yeah. This brother knows how to get arrested. Yeah. Sad. But yep. true. Yep. That's sad for our culture that we got to teach our black boys how to get, how arrested. To get arrested. Wow. Yeah, Ain't that's that man. That's a mic drop right there because I, uh, you know, just to shine light on what you and moms done taught me that y'all taught me if uh, I get pulled over, my hands need to be at ten and two, so they can see them, so man. they can that's see right. them. And then it's sad nowadays because uh, just what I've been doing if I ever get pulled over. I'll start the recording on my phone. Mm-hmm. I start the audio recording and kind of mm-hmm. put my phone in between my lap. And um, <laughs> just talking about that gives me chills because it, it's it's sad that we really have to do this mm-hmm. every single day. We got to be on guard. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to be on guard. When we, when we were in Greenwood with our photography studios and, and our churches and businesses, it, it was almost like the song says, "Easy like Sunday morning." Yeah, man. We wake yeah, up man. each and every day, yeah. and I'm just imagining. Yeah, I'm just imagining how that time was for black people in in Greenwood, you know, the the neighborhood of Tulsa, Oklahoma, man. And and just looking at it now, how we just our own. Go- and it, it, you talk about trauma, trauma, man. That, mm-hmm. That's tune in Nashville because yeah, we seriously are going to touch on that, that season, season soon. Time. Being trauma in black men, but trauma is something that happens over time it builds over time and let's talk about the trauma of our culture we get a black business together we thrive we we, we push we make those moves to create wealth and, and, and generational wealth for years to come being in tulsa oklahoma being in an area where segregation is is happening that dream that business it gets stripped and now you got to start from square one just, just, just as a black, a black person in general, man, that sucks. I mean, for lack yeah. of words, it's not fair, and and it's just it it, it, it it ties into today's time of how even now that we have black businesses, not only are whites not supporting us, but our own people ain't even supporting us as they did back during Greenwood, man, and during the Black Wall Street time. And you know, and, and it causes us when our people don't support us, then it causes us to lean on the other cultures for right. their support. 
And right. then what happened, man? They come in and try to take your business over. Yeah, man. I mean, we you, you got and then okay, let's let's tie this in to y'all may be asking, well, how are white people trying to take our businesses away now? Look at look at like taxes and stuff like oh, yeah. that, man. Yeah. As a black businessman, you get taxed so much and and, and so much goes on, man, that, that it, it's almost like it's a burden to have a business. You're trying to figure out where your profit is going to come from, where your, your 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 profit margins are at. And Nashville, if you're paying attention to me and my pops talking, that's kind of what we did with our last five episodes. We basically had a yes. season for Black Wall Street yes. on BMVT. Yes, we wanted to, we wanted to bring brothers to the table man yep. and get an opportunity to talk about the business talk about the ups and downs and the struggles of the business right on that man just trying to support other brothers man is out there trying to do their thing man and, and just right. give our audience some insight on some businesses that they might not have known about man yeah because we all trying to work this thing together man exactly you know exactly and in us working it together it brings us back to that good home together feeling that the greenwood neighborhood had i wish i was just a part of that time of just being able to see uh ow Gurley open his first business yeah, uh in 1906 and, and how happy and just being happy yeah yeah and, yeah, and, and, and it's yeah, genuine it's yeah. genuine man like how many i'm gonna be honest with y'all nashville when when we started black man vent 2 we had a couple of people that supported us we had a couple of people that didn't. That's right. You know, and and, right. and and as you can see, we still here. Yep. Monday morning, we still here. And and, and the God. the platform that we have, Nashville, is to highlight these different things, highlight black history, highlight anxiety, highlight depression. Uh, because again, as you listen to this episode, you're gonna walk by somebody today. And that person that you're gonna walk past, he's gonna be black and he's gonna be going through some stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, how often do we go to a black man and ask him, have you vented today? That's right. That's right. That's right. And you never know what he want to vent about. Take this brother. Right. Uh, this brother, the, uh, the Black Panther. Directed. Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Nobody knows when he came back after all of this and showed back up at the office on the set, getting ready to film or whatever. Nobody Where his know mind what his brother at. just yeah. went through, man. You yeah, that's so true. That's Nobody so true. Know what his brother just went that's through. That's so true. Man, what if somebody come at him sideways as soon as he come to dope? Like, now man, where he, you yeah. been? You late, dog. Where you been? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. don't know what just happened to this dude, man. That's so you know true. That's so true. That's the kind of stuff we deal with as black men. As black men, you know yeah. Saying? Stuff can just build on each other. Like you said, what if Ryan Coogler... Uh, 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 experienced a road rage incident in Atlanta because y'all know I, I, Atlanta man, them seven eight lanes, boy, it, it's a wreck up there all the time. So, said all that to say, what if Ryan got into a road rage incident right after that mental dealing that he had to go through with the police? Mm -hmm. He could have acted out not based off of the moment in the road rage incident, but acted out based off of the emotions that were still suppressed and stirred up from him as he was heading back to the set for the movie anything could have happened man this was tripping me out Check anything could happen and even what you just saying that about the roadway my wife was just telling us yeah. about a road rage incident in yeah. georgia where these girls was chasing his brother uh -huh. and he was scared and he ended up shooting just trying to get away just shooting at the car he trying to get, get away, away yeah. end up killing one of the girls but, the, but georgia's supposed to be a stand your ground state he yeah. was trying to stand his ground. Yeah, he was trying to protect, he was trying to protect wow. his neck. But yeah. they trying to hang this brother, man. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. But yeah. here we go. Who knows? Like you said, if this brother had got caught up in a situation like that, right? Where would he be at right now? Right. Come on, man. It just, it just yeah. so much stuff, <laughs> yeah, man, man. That we deal with, man. Yeah. So Nashville, we saying all this to say we still are dealing with injustices then and now. Yeah. But one way we can combat those injustices is let a brother talk every now and then and yeah. let us come together. Let's stop being separated. Yeah. Let's come together. Right. I don't care, man. I know it's somebody in your family, man, you probably got some beef with. Man, yeah. if it ain't life threatening, dude, which is probably not, yeah. squash that, man, and let's yeah. get it back together, man. Yeah, I mean, I Pops, you you, you kind of said it best, man. We, 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 we do it to each other. Uh, a lot of times and I think uh, Edward and, and just a couple of other different guys on our most recent episodes in the black business season mentioned that too that we do it to each other yeah. um, if we could support each other's business man how it was supported 
in the culture in Greenwood. If we could have that mentality, I think that would just be great uh, um, just to get Nashville and get our black culture back off the ground, man, and, and back back to the to the limelight if that makes sense we can we can have condos and, and big buildings and big businesses just like the next culture that we see around us each and every day and, and what we uh on black men vent to try to push the most is black stuff yeah man. we yeah, try man. to push black stuff you know, and that's another thing man and then we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and you know try to uh, kill those for man and wrap it, it up yeah next week but this one thing that trips me out man when we try to shed light and shed a positive light on our people and our stuff, yeah. then we get so much opposition yeah. from our, not only white people, but I'm talking about all the other races. Yeah. You know what? Hey, man, just think about this. And I saw this the other day. You got people in the Ukraine yeah. in this war situation, black people. They will not let them out of the Ukraine mm. because they said they people got to get out first. So the black people got to stay back. And one brother said they even tried to get him a gun and want him to fight. He said, man, I ain't no Ukrainian. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm saying>? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. get this not only in America, man. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's all yeah. over the world, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just it, it, it's sad, man. Like, you know, just just as we sat here and talked about it, um, comparing how the massacre ties into today's just racial injustices. Yeah. It's sad because it's a yeah. hundred years almost uh, of, of still uh, the mentality, if you will, of, of, of what people had back then. And just as black people, what we wanted to highlight on this episode is the injustices from then with the black massacre and now with Ryan Coogler. Um, I, I just, I pray for that man because at the end of the day, Ryan will forever be affected because he's being looked at uh, as a person of color that cannot have what those who don't have color have. And got it legally. Legally. He'd have been right. selling drugs or doing something right. illegal. I was like, now see, that's what he get. Yeah. But now he doing it the right way. Yeah. He's still getting slapped. Complied. Back, All of that, yeah. man. All of that. So, Nashville, man, this is this has been, man, um, um, a very interesting episode, but an episode that needed to be discussed. Again, Black Men Vent to our business, our podcast. We started everything to focus on the issues that black men face every day. What are those issues? Injustice. Then and now. Nashville, have you heard of Black Man Vent today? We want to cap it off with that. We hope you have learned a lot about the Tulsa massacre and learned a lot about Greenwood and and, and the area that we controlled uh, just during that time, Nashville. 35 to 40 square blocks that we had of just blackety black, black stuff. Yeah, 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 just imagine it, man. <laughs> just sitting here thinking about it, man. It, it seemed almost like a dream world. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? But hopefully, yeah. man, somebody will catch that dream and get something like that started again, man. Yeah. And I'm talking about it. We ain't trying to go against nobody. We just trying to do us. Right. Just let us do us. Right. You Stay in our own lane. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. Uh Pops, man, without further ado, the body mass index of injustice then and now with myself and then my pops. We are your special guest, man. Nashville again. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Black Man Venture Podcast and tune in for our next two episodes which we have labeled as exclusive episodes to finish off our month of March and April. Stay tuned for what the season that we'll have for you guys then. Pops is going to close us out. Nashville, thank you again for your listenership. And as I always say, until next week, it's a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can and you can't with what you can't. We thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Black Man Vent 2 Podcast. Good morning.